Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ten percent luck, ninety percent hard work, goal setting and you know, making things happen. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum, and in this episode, we continue our conversation with Darren Wallace, CEO of GJ Gardner Homes, top five in Australia's residential builders. Listen to this episode to discover Wallace's personal investing strategy, how he found success with a mentorship of only books and why goal setting has been so important for him along his property journey. While Wallace has learned many things from his business partner, he believes most of his mentors have been authors from books he's read. Greg and I, we're sort of great mates um, as well. So, you know, I did learn a lot from him in the construction side of things. Um, and you know he was big on property as well. And one thing I learned from him was you know like try not to sell too much property, and if you have to, you know always keep it because the long term it goes up. But other mentors, look, I read a lot of books in those early days. You know, like any book I could get my hand on on property, I was sort of reading. So I was sort of starting to understand. You know, I guess I didn't have a lot of personal mentors so much. I just sort of found a lot myself. You know, I went to John Burley's you know, boot camp in Melbourne or wherever it was, um, you know, and we used to go to a lot of property seminars, but, you know, I was more interested in buying their books or reading their books because, you know, I could sort of find out what their strategy was, why their strategy was, why that, and then learnt, I guess, a lot, sadly, from the School of Hard Knocks of just doing it, you know. To be honest, not, and I know... You know, your listeners probably want to hear that, you know, it's good to find a mentor. It is. And in the opposite way, I've probably got three or four people that I'm sort of mentoring right now that have asked me to, you know, oh, look, can we have a breakfast with you, you know, once a month or whatever, and then chat about business, chat about property. And um, I said, yeah, of course, because I love giving back. But to be honest, I really didn't, <laughs> I really didn't have a lot of that when I sort of started out. A lot of it I just had to learn myself. Um, but, um, I guess a lot was through books, you know, like, and I would listen again, you know, back to that, almost like to that work ethic, you know, like at night time, I would listen to Jim Rowan on a, on a CD or I'd listen to Zig Ziglar on a CD or I'd listen to Tom Hopkins on a CD. Then I'd read a book by Robert Kiyosaki and then I'd read a book on, by John Burley. I used to love John Burley stuff, you know, like, you know, oh, I had found the application a little hard in Australia, but I would read, you know, read books, listen to stuff like, so, I guess I was always on the hunt for information. So um, rather than a mentor, I guess I just would seek out the information 
and then I would sort of sift through it and find out what was appropriate to my circumstances and then act on it in the best way that I could, I guess. However, in an information age where everyone can learn about everything, Wallace advises investors to consciously evaluate people's advice before applying it to their own investment journey. More, I think it's an important point is that it's not easy to get access necessarily for everyone um, to a mentor that can talk to you about property because, you know, my thing is, you know, don't, I don't want to get advice from someone about money that doesn't have more money than me. Um, so don't go getting advice from someone that says they're a business coach but they're no, you know, they're no better off than you are. You know, you're better off and there's that much resources out there um, in learning from people that have done it through books, through tapes, through the internet, through podcasts. But make sure that you're sort of evaluating what they're saying and from where they come. You know, sadly, there's a thousand people out there that'll tell you how to invest in property that have never done it. Um, You know, the thing is finding out someone that's done it, and there is plenty out there, and get their resources and sort of start to mimic what they do. A piece of advice Wallace has for investors is just to simply stockpile their properties. You know, I had a friend of mine or actually an ex-partner that once said that, uh, uh, she said, you don't buy and sell properties, you just stockpile them. Because everyone's talking about, oh, I've bought this property, sold that property. She goes, no, my, my husband, he just collects houses. When considering an investment property, Wallace typically looks for three or four bedroom homes in developing suburbs. I look mostly, you know, especially in the early days, at properties in an area, you know, that had good public transport or reasonable public transport at least or close to, you know, close to shops or infrastructure that was going on, you know, schools, just like a general sort of idea of where I wanted to invest and then I'd look at anything from three to four bedrooms because... You know, again, I guess I read somewhere one day, and it is somewhat true, but I mean, I know there's other options out there, but, you know, uh, land appreciates, buildings depreciate. So, you know, I'm always looking for the greatest possible piece of land um, with with a house on it in the right area that I know that over time is going to just go up in value, you know, so... I'm always looking for something like in southeast Queensland. You know, there's a new hospital being built on the Sunshine Coast, so you know I've got a couple of properties around that area. You know, so I'll find a nice three or four bedroom house that you know I know a doctor or a nurse is going to end up renting it out because they're going to be you know, thousands of those going into the new hospital. It's a good little area. You know, you know you're going to have consistent rent, and you know over time it's just going to go up in value. So it's a uh, if you've got the deposit or you've got the equity in another property to buy one there, it's a no-risk or it's, it's you know, minimal risk investment. So you buy that, you let it, leave it, and away you go, you look for something else. You know, So um, my the majority of my investments, I've got a few, a couple of two-betters and stuff, but I would mostly look at you know, three and four-betters on their own block of land so that, you know, because I like that the ability to have the land component of what, I'm, of what I'm buying. In terms of investment properties, Wallace believes the more, the better and opting to invest into undervalued properties than the vice versa. Yeah, look, a couple of, well, I guess more um, waterfront. I went into waterfront for a while where I was thinking, you know, um, waterfront you know, properties are going to go up in value, which, you know, they do, but... Um, 
you know, and I knocked a couple of houses down, built a couple of houses. Um, but my advice around that is, um, if you look at the returns over time, you know, a two five hundred thousand dollar or six hundred thousand dollar houses in a suburb are always going to have a better return rental wise than a one point two million dollar you know property somewhere in a little bit better location. In my opinion, you know, people look at the jump in property, and I just think over time those properties will go up. You know, in the same percentage as the, as the other property might be at the same time or whatever, but the rental return along the way is better. So for an investment property, it's better. You know, like, okay, if you want to, you know, build your own home to live in, that's fine. Knock a house down, spend a couple of mil, that's fine. But like, you know, know that that's for where you want to live, you know, but for investment purposes, you know, what do you want to be? You want to be access to, you know, 5% of the market or do you want to have, you know, the access, you know, the potential customers, which are your, um, you know, your renters, 80 or 90% of the, of the market, which is, you know, your three or four bedroom houses in your suburbs. For long-term growth and for investment purposes, that's, to me, superior. Despite there being a lot of marketers in the industry, Wallace always tries to build his properties himself for the long term. You know, there's a lot of, you know, marketeers, I guess, out there selling, you know, these returns on these houses but honestly, whether it's us, like you know, my building company or one of the other major building companies or a small builder, if you do your homework right, you can go and buy the block of land, you can get the right price for the right house, you can build a brand new house, so you've got, you know, all the warranties associated and, and you know, and the, and the hassle, maintenance hassle free of a new property and the, the depreciation, all those sort of things. And you, but you do it yourself. You know, you don't go through marketeers, you don't go through, you know, other people, you just do it yourself and, you know, it's a great way to start building a portfolio, whether, you know, I've bought exist. I mean, I'm a builder, I've bought existing, but I've also, you know, used my franchisees. In other words, I'm paying the same price as what pretty much the, the normal uh, investor's paying, uh, you know, because I want to show that, that that's a fair result. I'm not going to, you know, ask my franchisees to do it, you know, at cost or anything. So, you know, I still build houses with them, um, same as what a normal investor would, um, and you know they've been great investments for me over time. I would build a new house every time. I mean, I've bought a couple of existing houses where there was no land, and I wanted the house. Um, but you know, for investment purposes, um, you know, you can get the right price. You know, you go and you negotiate with the builder, you negotiate with the 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 land, um, but you can easily put together a nice package that you know. Um, is a good investment for you for the long term. Coming up after the break, Wallace shares his go-to book recommendation for new investors. Richest Man in Babylon is the first book that everyone should read. I remember one year, um, I mean, I was so impressed with that book in terms of, you know, I've read it probably half a dozen times. Um, uh, you know, even though the, the lessons are simple. More on his habit of goal setting. I mean, if you're not setting out your tasks and ticking them off as you're doing, you're just not getting anything done. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, podcast listeners. Are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then register your interest at propertyinvestory.com. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one. 
and I only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, visit propertyinveststory.com. Now back to the show. Wallace's favorite investment book is the classic Richest Man in Babylon, having gotten all his friends hooked on it as well. Richest Man in Babylon is the first book that everyone should read. I remember one year, um, I mean, I was so impressed with that book in terms of, you know, I've read it probably half a dozen times, um, uh, you know, even though the, the lessons are simple. And in one year, I went out and bought 20 copies and gave it to all my mates for Christmas presents. <laughs> I don't know what they thought. But I said, I, I just said, I, I had a, you know, I used to like having uh, fairly uh, large Christmas parties. And so one year I said, okay, everyone, Here's a book, big pile of books. Everyone take a book. You've got to read that book. Um, I thought that, I think they thought I was mad. But, you know, that is one of the, the best books ever written um, in terms of for investors, um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, I mean, then you go through, like you say, John Burley, one of John Burley's books I used to love. I read all Kiyosaki's stuff. Uh, look, The Greatest Salesman in the World, Org Mandino's stuff, fantastic stuff. Uh, a little bit more entertaining, I guess, at Og Mandino um, books than... Um, you know, and the application's probably a little bit more um, like a parable. I don't know what she's doing now, but Jane, Jane Summers used to write a heap of good stuff. I remember reading her stuff back in the day. For Wallace, the habit most contributing to his success is his dedication to long-term goal setting. Goal setting is a very yeah, important... Um, now, look, I, and I'm the same. I'm as, look, I'm as slack as everyone else, you know, like in terms of, you know, sometimes it'll be a couple of months and I'll go, oh my God, I haven't even gone through and, you know, looked at my goals and read through my goals, you know. And I guess, you know, your situation in life, sometimes that becomes what happens. Um, but, you know, if I'm talking to people that are starting out in property or with medium-sized property investments and, you know, want to get better, you know, I remember making sure, you know, I would read through my goals, you know, at least once a week and, you know, like... I. I and just read through them, you know, sub- like just to make them a part of what I'm what I'm doing every week. Um, you know, I used to set aside my Monday morning report, what I'd call my Monday morning report, which would be I'd read my goals, um, I'd cross out if anything had done, and then I'd set my week in, in motion as to what I want to achieve that week. You know, and I, I mean, I still do it just in a different format now, I guess, you know, being a little bit busy now, you know, I've, I've got an executive assistant that does some of that for me almost now, where we use, you know, the likes of OneNote or one of those things where, you know, I set up my um, tasks and what's got to happen that week. I mean, if you're not setting out your tasks and, and ticking them off as you're doing, you, you're just not getting anything done. Um, but, you know, for certainly someone relatively new or even midway through their property um, journey, you know, having, I want to buy one house by this date, I want to have two houses by this date, I want to have three houses by that date, and then going in weekly, reading that, and then, you know, putting the date against it and putting a line through it when you've done it, you know, that is how you will have an impact on your life and your investments, 100%. Send you a spreadsheet right now with that 20 pages of stuff that, you know, that I've set and done and, you know, like in the process of doing still now, you know. I've got goals set till I'm 60. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, actually, I would love to ask you then, this This was going to be a lead-up question is, what are you most excited about in your property journey or even with GJ Garner over the next five years? Well, that's fairly easy. We want to be the number one uh, residential builder in Australia. We're number five. We want to be number one um, and significantly increase into the top sort of 10 in America builders. So, you know, we've got a long way to go, but um, 
you know, we've set those goals, but more importantly, we're setting those strategies around how to achieve that. You know, that sounds like a fairly you know, lofty goal, number one, you know, residential builder in Australia. Not everyone can do that. But what you can do is start to look at, you know, think about what you can achieve over the next few years, um, given where you are now. Um, you know, Peter Daniels, one of the great motivational speakers, an Australian guy, heard him talk and read his books. And, you know, he was a big one on, you know, goal setting. Like, everyone's got to set goals, but it's no use me setting a goal that in one year time I want to be richer than Bill Gates. You know, like what you've got to do is look at where you sit right now and set a realistic, a stretched realistic goal, but then be able to put the things in place as to how you can achieve that. So, But don't be afraid, obviously, to set, you know, some longer range, you know, exciting goals because, you know, if you set the right goals, it's what gets you out of bed in the morning. Those things are what gets you out of bed in the morning. You're like, okay, I'm excited about today because what I do today is going to impact on my life in, you know, in, in 10 years' time. And a, a famous saying, because it's famous because it's my brother, you pay now or you pay later. You pick. Wallace acknowledges how everyone has different goals and different ways to reach them and believes people should be more open-minded in that regard. So it's either you, you know, you sacrifice now or you pay the consequences later. Um, and either way, the thing is, no one should criticise someone either way. If you're happy to pay later, well, then you pay later. If you're happy to you know, sacrifice now and rewards later, that's fine too. So it's a personal preference and, you know, like... Um, I'm not one, I mean, I'm happy to give anyone advice, as um, crazy it might be sometimes, um, but I'm happy to give people advice, but whether they take or not, it's totally up to them, and you know, am I going to get upset because they don't? No, not at all. That's their choice. I can, you know, because they might have different priorities in their life than me, and that's, you know, and that's okay too. And for those looking to contact or learn more about Wallace's story, he's available at his company website and his own blog. If you're interested in learning more about GJ Gardner Homes, have a look at our website, gjgardnerhomes.com.au um, or personally, I've got a, a blog, um, although that doesn't get updated all that often, at darrenwallace.com uh, if you want to have a look at that. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, have a look on LinkedIn as well and uh, you can see some of the things we've been up to and uh, where we're going with the business. Thank you to Darren Wallace, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Also, are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to register your interest. When you sign up, you'll receive deals at wholesale price which I've negotiated with the vendor. These deals generate positive cash returns from day one and only send these out exclusively to my community. To find out more, text me your email address on 0499881040. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.